Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Kimberly Fox. Kimberly leads virtual corporate cooking classes and is a recipe developer and writer for her food blog, From Market to Table. Kimberly developed her signature corporate cooking experiences after spending 10 plus years working in STEM and experiencing the gender inequities and microcultures in the corporate culture. Now she leverages her understanding of STEM and well-tested recipes to help leaders build inclusive teams and close the gender gap. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Great. So let's get started. So Kimberly, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. um, So I actually started out in biochemistry. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I fell into analytical chemistry. And I spent about six years in analytical chemistry. And during that time, um, in my early, really early 20s, I uh, developed chronic neck, neck pain and was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I really didn't, and I didn't want to live my life in pain. And so I turned to, I ended up turning to food to try and figure out what was trigger, what types of foods could be triggering my symptoms and how I could use food to help me live a more um, vibrant life in general. And so I really got into visiting the farmer's market and reading um, science-based cookbooks. And I just really fell in love with food. And so going to graduate school for food science seemed like a natural progression. Um, At that time, I was completely, I was pretty much pain-free with my neck pain. And I was really excited just to move on um, and doing something that I loved. And what ended up happening is when I graduated in 2020, um, it wasn't the ideal time to graduate, obviously, because of COVID. And I ended up starting a food blog. And that's kind of, that's how my trajectory um, turned away from food science into more of the culinary food, food science space. That's so exciting to me. I'm fascinated by restaurants and I'm a huge foodie. So how do you go from STEM to cooking experiences? And I know you said, you know, you were trying to find the right foods that would make you have a vibrant life. Um, But how does STEM and food relate? Yeah, so a lot of people get there's like the culinary side of food that's more of the rest that's more of the restaurant side and a mm-hmm. lot of people that do the go to want to work in restaurants go to the culinary path whereas the food science path is more of the i want to develop food for you know, for food companies and have them be products products on the on the shelves and so mm-hmm. what i did was is i took my analytical chemistry background and i applied it to develop to developing food for the food industry in um, in graduate school, I initially envisioned that I would be in the food quality and safety space because I really enjoyed that in analytical chemistry, and so that's that was my initial idea of taking that part of STEM of the analytical chemistry side and bringing that into the food space. 
That's neat. That's very neat. So, you know, many years ago, I did um, do a team building uh, exercise with my team and another team from Microsoft many, many years ago, and it was a great, great experience. So team building with corporate cooking experiences. Tell us more. So um, when I decided that I wanted to uh, to monetize my blog through corporate cooking experiences, I chose um, women in some piece. I'm really passionate about empowering women in some and cooking experiences provides the gateway to be able to empower women in STEM and build inclusive teams. And one thing that I was really intentional about when designing these classes is that I wanted, I wanted people and teams to leave feeling like their cup was full and that they felt like uh, they felt a sense of belonging and, and a, develop new connections with with team members that they might not have interacted with before. And so during this process, I really dove into um, understanding how to develop uh, gatherings where in order to get the outcome that I wanted. And so I, I looked, I studied Priya Parker and I studied all of these, these people that spend their lives developing gatherings in order to help people connect. That's really cool. Wow. So um, let me, I'm, I'm trying to understand. So you create the, the experience mm -hmm. and then people come to you or do you go out to a third party, you know, cooking place? How does that work? So the, these are virtual cooking classes. Yeah. Okay. So they're virtual. So they're meant to be virtual. So everyone is in their own kitchen. And I developed the recipes so that even the most novice cooking person who does not cook, does not even want to go near a pan, are able to make these to make these dishes and be able to walk away with, wow, I can't believe I did this. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So while it's also like creating a connection, people love connecting around food in general. You see it in restaurants. You see it. Um, in, ga in gatherings you have in your house. So you're able to take something that people naturally connect over and apply it to team building. So is it one person that takes the class, multiple people? How do you do that? Do you invite friends over? How do you do that? Um, so I cook in my own kitchen and then everyone virtually cooks in their own kitchen and we all cook and, we, and I teach them how to make the recipe. Okay. And they all cook, we all cook together. So in my classes, um, we do a cocktail and then a main course, and the cocktail becomes part of the main experience of being able to um, kind of kind um, be able to give we we share stories, giving toast to one another. So the you incorporate the the cocktail with the overall experience. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to join one of your classes one of these days. Because <laughs> I said, you know, once I retire, I want to learn how to cook because we go out so much. And maybe this is my start. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of fun because 
you can do cooking classes in a lot of different ways for team building. People um, can bring their whole entire team, if they're globally or just locally, it's a way for them to gather remotely all together. Or you can do it with just friends, like you said, like if you just have a group of friends and you want to be able to connect in a new way together, you can also use cooking experiences that way. So that's why they're really good for team building is because you can use them in so many different ways. And the more that I work in, in, in this space, the more I realize how many different ways that they can be used to help people connect. That's so great. And I'm loving that you're doing it virtually. That way you can bring in people from all over the world if you want it to, right? There are companies that are worldwide. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more common to have teams spread out just the way that the, mm -hmm. the, the climate is. And mm -hmm. so you're no longer, you're no, you no longer have that barrier that you have to be in the same town in order to feel that you can connect with your with your team. I think the the best compliment I've gotten so far is I didn't is someone telling me I didn't even realize I was over oh, I was um, I didn't even realize that I was on Zoom. I felt like I was in person. That's great. That's and great. So, that's a testament to what you put together. Yeah, and so I'm like, that's what I want them to feel. So the fact that people are telling me. Um, what I want to hear and what I intended to create the experience uh -huh. is really exciting. That's great. So, you know, we touched on this with the pandemic. Remote work is very common today. And sometimes it's a hybrid culture of people in the office and uh, at home. So um, how do you create a culture that employees feel connected to? Yeah, I think that this is such a good question. I think it's something that is on everybody's minds mm -hmm. right now as we go into hybrid work and we talk about the Zoom ceiling instead of the glass ceiling. How do you how do you connect people in a hybrid environment? And one of the I'm right now I'm working with an organization that said we acquired we acquired um, members that are not in the area during the pandemic because they were doing all virtual meetings and so anyone could join. Mm -hmm. And now these people, now that they've gone back to in-person, they started feeling the people that are remote that aren't able to attend in person, they felt disconnected. They said, yeah, we can come to the presentations because they're hybrid pre presentations, but we miss out on the networking and the connection mm -hmm. with other people. And so with the cooking experiences, they're they're able to serve the remote the remote attendees in a different way because while the in-person attendees are eating lunch and connecting, now they're also providing a virtual experience for the people that are attending virtually. So I think it's a lot about trying to create um, non-work places where people can connect, whether that's creating a cooking experience or, an, you know, a coffee hour or a virtual happy hour. 
you're no longer going to be able to run into people naturally in those spaces in person. So we, I think it's really important to create those spaces online for people to connect. That's great. Now, do you just work with corporations or do you work with individuals as well? Um, I, my main focus is corporations and individual or, or my main focus is corporations, mm-hmm. but I also work with individuals as well because I do understand the importance of being able to connect with friends and family and anyone Mm -hmm. else you want to connect with in an um that you might not be able to see a lot of or that you Mm -hmm. want to create and foster a better relationship with them so absolutely you know, that's great because our listeners have both, you know, there's corporate corporate uh, people as well as um, individuals that might be interested. That's why I asked. I think it's so interesting because when the pandemic first started, um, you know, I have a lot of friends all over the country and we started doing Zoom get togethers. And I thought, why haven't we done this before the pandemic? I mean, I don't get to see these people on a regular basis, you know? And it was such an eye-opener that now you can connect with people from all over the country or all over the world uh, just with a virtual tool. And it's really, really impactful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I really, I completely agree with you. The, it, it opened up a whole new way for us to connect that we never really thought of before. And also, pushed us to be to have to figure it out we might not have put the effort in if we if we weren't put in that situation and so now that we've been in that situation now the possibilities just keep growing of how we can connect with people in different parts of in different parts of the world and that makes it really exciting Yeah, I agree. So, you know, this podcast is focused around bridging culture, pay, and employment gap for women in tech. So what are you seeing from your lens in the industry today? What I'm seeing is, and something that I'm extremely passionate about, is that I believe corporations and organizations and everybody wants to see more women in STEM. And in order to be able to retain women in STEM, we have to create a culture in which women want to stay. And I say this out of experience of being a woman in STEM and not feeling like I belong. I was told I was too quiet. And then I was told, I, and then when I started speaking up, I was they told me I was now aggressive and too talkative. Mm-hmm. And I found myself trying to adapt to a culture that was not designed for me. It was designed for the male-dominated culture where it came from. And so going forward, I think it's really important to be able to, that companies and organizations focus on creating a culture that's for men and women, not Mm -hmm. just for the people that are there now. I think that's so important. You know, we did some training sessions. We do IT training and we did some training sessions that, were just all women. And it, it they, those were so successful and so powerful because they had a sense of belonging. They didn't have a sense of competition with each other. They didn't have to feel less confident because maybe they don't know the 
IT technology as well. And so it really, really made a difference. So I think what you're saying is to create a culture where women want to stay is so powerful. That's really, really great. Yeah, and I think, I also think what you said about confidence, you know, it's kind of the chicken or the egg situation is that you have to be able to empower women in the culture in order to help them feel confident, to be able to contribute to the team, to contribute to innovation, to feel, to be able to show up as their best self mm -hmm. in the workforce, where if they're not able to feel like they belong, they're not going to speak up and they're not going to be able to give their insight or perspective and they're not going to feel confident. And then what ultimately suffers is the product or whatever your whatever the team is innovating because they're not hearing all the different perspectives at the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What challenges have you experienced in this male-dominated industry? I know all women have experienced some challenges. What have you experienced? Um, I I have experienced. I I think a lot of. I have been undermined and dismissed a mm -hmm. lot. I think that that is probably the most common one. Mm -hmm. And also I noticed that when, when men were promoted within two to three years, women were promoted probably after seven years mm -hmm. and some might say, Oh, some women would say, I didn't feel confident enough. I wasn't applying for, for jobs or going, you know, thinking that they were qualified. Other women say, I was, I was really trying to make it to the next level. And they kept telling me that I wasn't good enough, that mm -hmm. I didn't have enough experience or that I was missing something in order mm -hmm. to make it to that next level. And so that, though, that is what really has influenced me is just being undermined and dismissed and not feeling empowered in the position and then also not not having the opportunity to be promoted as quickly as as men i will say that i have been on teams that have been incredibly in inclusive even though it was male dominated even though i was the only woman the leaders, the leader really created an inclusive culture. And mm -hmm. that is when I felt the most empowered. They, the leader didn't tell me how to act or what I should be doing better or, or what I should be doing better or how to, or how to talk to people mm -hmm. more of a wanting to everyone to bring their ideas to the table in order to, to innovate faster. And he had a very successful team because of it. That's great. And I'm always, always encouraging allies. You know, we need those male allies to help us get to that next level. And um, and there's so many good ones out there. And so I actually, for this podcast, started a different segment, an additional segment that says mentors that make a difference. And so we've had a few men that are really champions and allies for women. And we want to continue to grow that pool of, of male males as well. I completely agree. I've had, I've also had male allies as well, and they are invaluable. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always encourage to with the cooking class, what you mentioned with when you gather women, there mm -hmm. isn't that, there isn't that male dynamic. 
mm-hmm. but it's also important to have gatherings where male or men are present in order to have allies in in the tech space in order to move to that next level in order to have more women leaders in order to have women want to stay completely agree completely agree so if you look back on your career is there anything that you wished you had known then that you know now um yeah i think the the main thing that i that i wish i would have known is building building my building my business is being able to find mentors that have also made that similar transition from stem into business i didn't go to school for i didn't go to school for business mm-hmm. and what i realized is in the stem field we are we are taught to think a certain way mm-hmm. and that doesn't always resonate with people that haven't come from the stem fields and and finding those mentors in stem has been completely invaluable. And so that's something that I've been really focusing on is finding finding mentors that I really understand their thought process. They help me make breakthroughs faster because I understand them quicker and I understand how they think and how they're processing information. I think that's so good that you said that because I don't think I've ever thought about that. I have... I'm fortunate enough to have a business background, but then also a technical background. So I've kind of learned to kind of meld the two. But if you're just doing the technical side and you're just doing STEM, you might not be exposed to a lot of the business reasons why organizations do certain things. And so I think that is very, very powerful. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it took me a while to figure to to figure it out and it wasn't until i and it wasn't until i connected the two and actually started working with people that just work in business that didn't have mm-hmm. any background i didn't quite understand what they were i realized i, I didn't quite understand what they were saying i understood what they were saying but i didn't know how to apply it and put it mm-hmm. into action mm-hmm. and so it was just a really huge light bulb moment for me right i mean and and it it's something we see all the time. You know, when we're training IT people, they have a mindset that's very good at IT, but they don't have the communications or the business side of it to sell those ideas to the C-level folks. So it is really important to have some of both. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Well, Kimberly, this was so amazing. I loved chatting with you. Um, so in closing, who inspires you and why? Oh. I think what the people that really inspired me are the ones that um, during my during my classes there is always this moment where where there's a switch where people realize that they are no longer alone mm-hmm. that they have more in common with the with other people than they think or they learn something new about someone and then they think oh my gosh I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. And it, and I feel so privileged that they come to my class, that they attend, that they attend a class and I get to hear it and I get to see that trans, the transformation that happens because every time that we 
can connect in a new way is one step closer to, to closing the gender gap in STEM or creating better relationships and have a sense of belonging. So I find that, I think that that's just really exciting. That is, that's very cool. And that's definitely inspiring. I can see that, I can see why you say that's so inspiring because I can see it happening, you know, Mm -hmm. and it really makes you feel so good. Um, So can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Absolutely. You can go to my website uh, from markettotable.com and I and I welcome you to join my email list. It's for I have a corporate class only email list and then I also have an email list if you want if you want recipes along with what's all the updates and new happenings with my corporate classes as well. That's great. Well, I I know a lot of our listeners will look you up and probably <laughs> sign up for some of your classes. So, oh, I'm thank so you. excited. Yeah, thank you Kimberly so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it and I had a lot of fun talking to you. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.